Welcome back to the Peaked Too Early podcast. This is season three, episode four. Uh, we took a slight break so that Oscar could mourn. But we are <laughs> back in full swing um, with a very few uh, number of matches to talk about. Oscar, mm. I guess first, my name is Blake. Oh, my yeah. co-host is Oscar. Oscar, mm. how are you doing? The only thing I mourn, I'm mourning recently is, is West Ham's form, frankly languishing in 18th everything else i'm i'm fine i'm doing good um yeah a, a dearth of matches very much a shame i was looking forward to it last weekend a bit stunted this weekend although there were a couple good games i'm all good blake how are you i am not as bad as you are mm. uh, in terms of the team i support however yeah sort of uh yeah, just pittering along for now. Um, it doesn't help. Every single sports team I support is currently in a little bit of a conundrum. Trouble. Uh-oh. Uh, Newcastle is by far in the best situation. Oh, wait, what um, other teams I guess we can start with this. DC United. Oh, yeah, well, uh, that is. But that's fine because well, there's no relegation. You'll be fine next season. Rooney's a good manager. you got Ben Teke. He keeps scoring, right? Well, our best player, Taxi Fontas, uh, used the That's N-word so in a match last night. Um, so, unfortunately, Ooh. if the MLS's previous Ooh, record no. on discipline for racism is anything, nothing will happen. Um, oh, no. But, yeah, uh, at least the good thing to come out of it is almost every DC United supporter I've seen has asked been, for like, him to be removed from the team. this guy. Um, well that's good yes um like it's that's kind of the nice thing about dc united being so terrible is like even if our best player is a racist and we need to kick him off the team you know it it won't impact our season at all i'll still hate this season i'll still hate watching every match yeah um so him being there or not being there um well i won't watch if he's there but um you know it's it's much different than if you're a good team and your star player does something. Um, I'm sure that's much more difficult, but it's very I easy to say "fuck off." Yeah, I um, didn't I didn't see any of this. This is rough. I'm like looking at it now. Damn. Yeah, this is against into Miami. Yeah, into Miami. Um, Phil Neville's into Miami. And no, it was uh, yeah, DeAndre Yedlin plays for them. Yeah, um, what's yeah yeah low. Yeah. Um, yeah. So spirits are low. Um, That's awful. But uh, yeah, you know what? Things are uh, better uh, in the north of England. Um, and I guess it makes sense to start there just because it's kind of a nothing really comment. Um, just Newcastle drawing 1 1 with Bournemouth in a match that Newcastle totally dominated, um, which is a kind of a reoccurring theme of this season. Um, and I think there's like two major talking points out of this. One is that our squad still has so much work to do. Um, yeah, definitely. You know, like at last season, there were a couple of ta- a couple match days where we fielded the same 11 that started a match for us in 2016. Um, mm. And a good number of those players are still in our squad. Um, so if you think about the progression that Newcastle have made or should have made in the last six years, you know, 
every match day, five of those players are still starting for Newcastle. So, yeah. you know, they're, we have half of an excellent squad and half of a below average squad. Um, and what's really killing Newcastle right now is the bench. Um, you know, just absolutely nobody of quality to bring on um, right. important moments. Ryan Fraser is coming off the bench. so Right, exactly. And he's fine, but, you know, he's bottom half of the Premier League quality. Right, so, sure. Um, it's just one, Newcastle are hampered by, uh, you know, uh, quite barren in quality. Uh, bottom half of the squad Um, and two we sort of don't have a way to play against teams that are scared of Newcastle right Um, you know there's a reason why Newcastle looked so dominant against City and so dominant against Liverpool and then worse sides play against Newcastle and Newcastle don't really know what to do Um, when a side puts 10 men behind the ball Newcastle sort yeah, of no clue runs out of ideas um, and part of that is because they don't have the quality in every bit of pitch um, this match in particular Ryan Fraser on one side and Almiron on the other were very ineffective um, so there wasn't a ton of uh, attacking potential when Newcastle did have the ball they're sort of forced to pass around and try to play through the middle um, instead of being able to use the wings. Um, but I will say, as much as some fans are ringing alarm bells, you know, that's ridiculous. If you think about how long it took Newcastle to get eight points last season, yeah, it was well in, it was the end of January. So the fact that it's mid-September and we're still, you know, okay, only one loss, that's fine. And you yeah, know, lots of draws. His, in the past, Newcastle have been this side that put 10, 11 men behind the ball. Yeah, that's true. And forced Man City to play. And we would, you know, either draw with City and City would be super frustrated. That's kind of the position we are in, you know, a lesser side coming to Newcastle, playing super defensive ball um, and grinding out a win. And also, uh, Neto, Bournemouth goalkeeper is very very good he made some incredible saves in this match wait is that like the former barca neto yes Um, whoa that's weird how did that slip by me yeah yeah very strange um he's only 33 as well he's not even old yes wow i and he i think he transferred from barcelona uh i think they paid a a fee to barcelona for him yep they sure he sure um, did but um yeah he was very good um i was very impressed um but that's wow. kind of my overview of the match um Isaac scored his first home goal which was good but other than yeah that, um not too much to talk about in this match i i see, I see what you mean so are you saying there's there's no chance that how is in trouble are there any whist whispers toonside about being un, unhappy with how no only about um only you know like facebook yeah newcastle support well that doesn't you know who yeah. yeah yeah every single yeah match call for how's head but i mean i 
you know, post-match, the players' comments are all like, we've let Eddie Howe down, you know, mm. he expects so much more of us, we need to give more, we need to try more, we need to do this and this. Um, so I think... Interesting. Yeah, you, you, everyone is really just, is so behind Howe. It is quite amazing. Yes. Uh, yeah, even, you know, players who historically have been lazy pieces of crap, like, like John um, Joe Shelby. John Joe Shelby, yeah. Yeah super into the system um and then it's actually kind of crazy that uh newcastle really could use john joe shelby which is something i never thought i would say i still don't want him to play for newcastle i don't want him to be a newcastle no. player no but we could use the creativity um yeah but uh he's yeah. also not registered in our squad so it's not like he is going to play um all right, Oscar. You yeah. gave me a list of interesting teams to talk about. Man, who would you like to go to next? I mean, I suppose it's always. Shall I follow up your Newcastle with a little bit of West Ham? Of course. All right. I, I I'll try not to go on for too long. I don't think I will. I don't want to dwell on it. I'm not. It's not action stations yet. It's not doom and gloom quite yet. But falling to a 1-0 defeat against Everton on the weekend was disappointing. Um, I think that these were two sides that were as good as each other, which is, I think, the more alarming thing. Like, even more so than the result. Because the fact that we've spent £170 million or whatever it is, and we're about as good as Everton, is concerning to me. It's um, very Everton of you. Yeah, exactly. And I think that Moyes just seems a bit fresh out of ideas. Um, and I think it's translating on, onto the pitch. We're seeing a lack of creativity with the ball at our feet. So in possession, we're just like quite stodgy and clueless even. I mean, at the worst of times, we just don't really seem to know what we're doing with the ball. Declan Rice is just so frustrated. And actually, I was digging into his numbers because I was wondering whether he had taken a dip this season. No, he's still like world-class sensational in his numbers, but he looks visibly frustrated on the pitch. Um, he's got to drop so deep, he's not getting the space to make those, you know, long runs that he does with the ball. Um, he's not breaking through the midfield. He's not making those challenges as effectively. His numbers are up in lots of other places, but sort of he doesn't look as flashy because we're not playing as fluidly as we have been. Um, you know, I, I banged the whole, like, Moyes refuses to properly use 14 first-team squad players. You know, he just, like, is still sticking with... 11 players and they'll throw on a couple and then Skamaka comes on in the 80-something minute and looks really good, but he only gets 10 minutes to play. A little bit disjointed. Um, you know, I think... I don't know when to start getting concerned. And I think that's a question I'm going to pitch to you as a more objective observer of what's going on. Obviously, the fact that we're in 18th place and we only have four points is, is concerning seven matches in. However, there is so much time for us to improve. And I understand that we've, we have a lot of new faces and that's going to like change the dynamic of the team. But yeah, I think I'll, I'll pose that question to you. 
do you think that we're in trouble? And I suppose I asked you about how and if there's any whispers. I think there's increasing legitimate whispers in the West Ham fan base about Moyes, Moyes' future. I think he will get sacked if in, say, a month's time, we've certainly, if in a month's time we haven't picked up a win, I think he will be sacked. Um, and that'll be a shame because he has somewhat revolutionized and revitalized this team. And if he sort of goes out with a fizzle, it'll be a bit of a sad end to a, one of our best eras in the modern game. But yeah, I'll cut myself off there with that question to you. Should I be worried? Um, I'll, I mean, yes. I would say mm. losing to Everton, you know. Yeah. I've not seen anything from Everton this season that would make me say that a side like West Ham should be beaten by Everton. Yeah. Or would be beaten by Everton. Um, although with West Ham's form, maybe. But um, sure. And also at Goodison. But yeah, at Goodison, to be fair. I yeah. will say in the next month, West Ham play. They do have a match against Liverpool. Um, and they also have what is the seven matches, which is very intense, but mm. ignoring Europa conference league, ignoring the Liverpool match, um, very winnable Four other games, Wolves, Fulham, Southampton, and Bournemouth. Uh, we should be winning winnable. three of those. Yeah. Yeah. Should be winning three. It's that's the point where if you're not beating those, yeah, you know, he all of sacked. these turn into Everton esque matches. Yeah. Then, you know, there's something definitely wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it, I, you know, I have the feeling if that were to happen and then Moyes gets sacked, we're going to learn a whole bunch about why things aren't working, um, you know, behind the scenes. Cause there has to be yeah. some explanation. You know, there's no way that a month from now with all the winnable games that West Ham will have played and they're still not winning, there has to be something going on. Um, yeah, and you know, losing begets other problems. Cropping that's up, true. So um, that's true. I mean, I haven't heard anything of like true one way an unharmonious dressing room or anything like that. Uh, I just think, I mean, the big thing from the weekend, and, and I mean, it's freshest in my mind, is that when Saeed Ben Rama came on with time to spare. To be, I guess, to be fair, you know, he came on. I think maybe even before the seventieth minute. He was fairly sensational as as far as he can be sensational in a game like that, um, you know, compared to the rest of the team. And I just don't understand. I've said it for a long time now. Moyes does not like Saeed Benrahma, and I don't really know why. And I, it doesn't make sense at this point for him not to be playing. Like, he put on a, the substitution, Skamaka, Corne, and and Saeed Benrahma, and we were so much more dynamic in our attack. It was so noticeable. And I don't understand why Skamaka can keep scoring in Europe and then doesn't get a start on the weekend, and Corne keeps winning penalties and keeps drawing fouls as an impact player, but doesn't come on at half-time to change the game. Like, I don't get, I don't get this. And I think like, it's rapidly becoming something that could create Moyes' downfall. Because it will alienate the fan base. And it, as you sort of alluded to, I think it might start to piss off the dressing room as well. So, 
a bit doom and I guess I said it. It's not doom and gloom. I was being too optimistic. It is a bit doom and gloom at West Ham right now. I it has to be said. Sorry. Yeah, I mean, I guess doom and gloom might be a bit strong. It's a mild doom going and gloom. sour. Yeah. Yeah. Mild doom, which is a uh, bit, you know, impossible. But um, yeah, you know, I think West Ham and Moyes do deserve more time. Um, you know, I, I don't think you can throw away what he's done with this West Ham side. And now that he has a better squad, because seven matches in, you're in the bottom three. It, it does mm. feel, you know, a little bit insane to throw Moyes out immediately. Um, but it is, you know, the folly of Premier League sides over and over again holding on to managers for too long. Yeah. Uh, you know, you have to admit change when it comes knocking. So, yeah, no, you're right. You're right. Yeah. And, you know, I don't particularly like Moyes. So, me neither. So, you know, I, I guess if we have someone interesting lined up, I'm not that sad. Yeah. I just, the list of managers available, it's not the most. Mauricio inspiring. Pochettino. But he wouldn't come to West Ham. Sean Dyche. What about Sean Dyche? Okay. Yeah. You know, I love Sean Dyche, um, the manager. I think he's nailed on for Leicester if they're sensible. He would save them. Mm. Um, maybe he he would easily save them. He would easily save them. You must be feeling incredibly smug about your Leicester getting relegated thing right now. You can't see me, but I do have a smile on my face. Yeah, I mean, you should. We, I, I mocked you so much. Well, let's, I guess, talk about Leicester. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, turned over in the second half by uh, Tottenham. Yeah, but who yeah, are you know even if. Tottenham's best, or sorry, worst players are scoring against you, then something really is going wrong. Yeah. Uh, with Eric Dyer scoring. True. Uh, in the first half. But yeah, um, Leicester are like a, a, a team full of really good players who are absolutely dog shit. Um, Madison, Castagna, um, I think the guy they got from, I think from Ron, Wout, Woot. Who? Uh, Woot, Woot. Face? Face. Woot yeah, Face. his name's Face, yeah. His first name is Woot, I think, which is hilarious. Right. I thought he was fine despite shipping six goals. Vout. Yeah. Vout. Oh, Vout makes a lot of sense. Like Vout Beghorst, yeah. Vout oh, yeah, Face. I forgot. Yeah. Um, He's not Dutch. Is he Belgian? He's Belgian. Yeah. Yeah. Damn those Belgians. Um, yeah. He looks like a, he looks a lot like David Luiz. Yeah, I, that's totally in the blue kit as well. Yeah, it was I very totally, strange. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, it's hard for me to look at Leicester and figure out why they're so bad. Even in the second half, they had some very good chances. Um, mm. But yeah, you know, I think writing's on the wall. Brendan Rodgers is out. ASAP. Mm. I am actually kind of surprised he's still there. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with you. 
Um, I guess most surprising um, about this match, Indeedy being horrendous. It was yeah. very poor. He really was. I, I don't. Is it just like low confidence in the squad? I think so. And also, um, I'll throw it out there. Neglectful coaching. That's what I think it is as well. Yeah. Um, I do. I'm I'm laying I'm laying this blame squarely on Brendan Rogers. Right. Well, yeah. Um isn't it a Brendan Rogers quote that's like, you know, I can set up a team to score. I can set up a team to get shots. It's up to the team to score. I can set up a team to defend. It's mm. up to the team to some some quote about that. But yeah, yeah I think it's almost impossible to have a uh, match where you concede six goals and it does not come down. Reflects on the coach. Yeah, no, I agree with you. Um, Especially a side like Leicester should not be conceding six goals. No, they shouldn't be. The the, the team is too good still. It is. Burnmouth, Southampton type of match. Yes, yes. Yeah. I, I think that to be fair, to be fair to... Leicester, and I suppose Brendan Rodgers. This game, I had it on in the background when I was working over the weekend, and it was fantastic. I think it's probably one. It's probably the best game I've seen this season so far. I think. Um, granted, I haven't seen a ton of them. Um, it was very. The the scoreline is so flattering. Six two is ridiculous. Like Leicester were giving as good as they got for most of this match. And then Son came on and scored a hat-trick, basically. And it was a fantastic hat-trick. Like, it was like, it wasn't just like off his backside. It was like 20 yeah, yards out. Two, yeah, two like, twenty-five. Great goals. Yards, yeah. um, and I think that at, for patches, Leicester were better than Spurs. I mean, the, the attacking intent they had was still there. I mean, I recall, you know, they scored twice. I recall at least two times where Lloris had to make a great save. There might have been a woodwork shot as well. They were pretty good in the attack. Yeah, and like you said, like Ndidi was was bad. And they they had, and I mean, Ward maybe for one or two of the goals could have done better. But Um, Ward also had an incredible save in this match. Yeah, he did have an incredible save. It was just overall a really good match. And I do think that Brendan Rodgers loves to make excuses. I mean, so does every manager. But in this case, in a post-match, like, based on the performance, I, I, I wouldn't be... That's not necessarily why I'm worried about Leicester, because I thought the performance was fine. Um, I, there's just other reasons, right? Like, just that there's a bit of a stagnant air around the squad. Like, I think Brendan Rodgers has kind of given up. He thinks he's better than them. There's clearly issues in the boardroom, like, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Yeah. I guess just if he's not already sacked, how much longer do you give Brendan Rodgers? He has actually a really nice run of games coming up. Does he? Um, Interesting. Very favorable matches. You know, in the way football works, you know, maybe by next podcast, we're talking about how Leicester have won two on the bounce. and Yeah. Uh, are in 17th and looking up and um you know football flips very quickly like that yeah um, but I, I guess just how much more leash can you give him um before you have to yank it not much in my opinion is uh, it like 
one more loss. Yeah, it's another game. I, I would say he's on the brink. I really think right. he's on the brink. I, I don't see how he can't after a five-two-six-two back-to-back. He's not. He's not throwing his toys out of the pram in post-match conferences or anything like that. But I just think like that. There are other managers out there right now. There really are. Like you could go and get someone interesting. This squad should not be twentieth. Um, and I think that these players. It's so interesting. I think I think that it is on paper. It looks so bad, and I think it's not reflective of like their actual how they're actually playing. If if that Spurs match is anything to go by, but I, yeah, he he's he's got to be on the brink. He's got to be. Um, and I think that Leicester need to. Okay, we know they have no money. That's fine. Now they need to double down on how smart their owners are and the people they employ and all that good stuff. And they need to. Just like draw back a little bit, get in an interesting manager, freshen it up, and kind of just re um what's the word? Like uh, revitalize, I suppose. Re-inspire. Like, re re-inspire. Have a couple seasons where they're mid-table and then go again. And I don't think Brendan Rogers is that man. So I would say twist. Don't stick. Cause he's gonna go by the end of the season anyway, right? Like, he's not going to stay another season after this, so what's the point? Just get rid of Yeah, I don't know when a good time to sack Brendan Rodgers is. But this weekend. I do know a good time <laughs> is before Sean Dyche gets appointed somewhere else. Yeah, I mean, I agree with that. I, I definitely agree with that. Sean Dyche should be a hot commodity for pretty much any Premier League club who's outside the top six, I would say. I still, um, my gut tells me he's going to go to a top of the half. Like, no side is going to take the risk on Sean Dyche. Although, yeah, I don't think he's a risky appointment or anything. Leicester are going to sack Brendan Rodgers, try to appoint somebody flashier. It's not going to work. Sean uh, Dyche know, is going to end up going to top of the championship. No, seriously? I, I think that he will get appointed by Leicester. Fair. I think he. I think he will. Very well. Maybe my uh, Leicester City relegated prediction comes right, and your Sean Dyche to Leicester prediction comes right. That would be excellent. No, we can both be right. Um, all right, let's get out of the relegation zone. Let's talk. Uh, Please. I guess top of the table, Arsenal. Yeah, let's go Arsenal. Keep on chugging. Yeah. Uh, very thorough performance yeah. against Brentford. Um, yeah, even could have been even better. Yeah, um, from there was Arsenal. a there was a there was a routine nature to it that is very un-Arsenal. Do you know what I mean? Like it was just like, yeah, we beat Brentford easy, and that's been their problem over the past few years. Even in the latter Wenger years, where they would just like randomly lose to these teams that they on paper shouldn't be losing to. And yeah, they remain impressive, don't they? They really do. Yeah. Scary. Um, I hate it. It's, you know, of all the classic big six sides, Arsenal might be my second least hated. Mm. So it's not as bad as it could be. You know, Tottenham could be top of the league or Chelsea could be top of the league. Yeah. It still hurts me to see Arsenal top of the league. Yeah. Um, And also the fact that I don't think they will win the league. But 
I think they'll come second or third. Um, yeah, they deserve Champions League based on this form. Yeah, it's just extremely hard to see what is going to go wrong. Wrong, yeah. For Arsenal. Yeah. Um, like, you know, the only even speed bump they've had is uh, losing to a very informed Manchester United. Yeah, that's um, true. And they were poor in that match, but, you know, it, they bounced back and thrashed Brentford. So, um, I don't know. They are were so comfortable they could put a 15-and-a-half-year-old out on the pitch, um, which is, uh, I guess... I guess they're you know sky high in confidence and ability, and uh, I really have no idea what's going to come next. I am extremely mm. excited for this upcoming match day uh, in a fortnight's time, uh, the North London Derby at Arsenal, mm. um, and I think it will be somewhat of a statement of intent match. Um, very early on in the season. Yeah. I think if Arsenal lose again, I will be much less confident about their abilities. Um, right. To, although, right. I will say, you know, if your only blips come against big teams and you're able to beat up on the other 16 teams in the league, or sorry, the other 14 leagues in the, or teams in the league, um, you're going to end up very high up the table. So. Right, um, yeah, but I think I, I that just, it'll be yeah. interesting. I think that uh, the Arsenal would take a draw at that game. I, I think if if so, I think against Manchester United, I agree that they were poor. I think the worst thing was like the, the youthful naivety, right? Like ra- the image of Rashford literally just bearing down on goal twenty yard, no, t- f- eight yards ahead of any of the Arsenal players after Ericsson just burst through the, the midfield off a poor offside trap, like that will haunt Mikel Arteta. Like, and especially against Conte's Tottenham, like Conte, the man known for just playing and creating hardened bastard teams, he'll want to show a bit more nous, I think. And so, you know, a draw would be fine for him if he shows that, I think. Um, really quickly on Tottenham, I saw a pundit describe this Tottenham side as the best that Conte has ever done. Interesting. Just give me, yeah, I, I, it took me, you know, like a, it blindsided me that comment. Um, I think I didn't really see anyone push back on it. Mm. Um, and I certainly wouldn't call this the best Conte's done. But I don't know, maybe I'm underrating what Antonio Conte is doing. I don't know, it doesn't feel like I am. So I was just wondering your opinion on that. Um, I think the stuff he did with that Italy team, which was horrible, like a terrible team, um, was pretty damn good as well. But I, I don't know. I think if he wins a trophy with them, I'll, I'll say yes. But I mean, this is still a team that's dropped. How much? I mean, how much does this team cost? Like a lot of money. Um. So, yeah, I I see it. I I I think I need some more 
I need some more concrete success still. Yeah, I mean, if he wins a trophy for Tottenham, that will be, uh, you know, unprecedented. So, well, exactly, yeah. So, so. undoubtedly be impressive. Um, anything else on Arsenal? It's kind of hard to say anything other than they're an extremely good side. Yeah, I I don't have much more to say either, frankly. I just think it's it's worth mentioning because they're top of the table. Um, we are sort of running out of teams to talk about just because so many yeah, kinda. teams were postponed. Oh, um, did Potter get appointed by Chelsea? No, that, that, that is what I was going to bring up. Potter yeah. to Chelsea and to Jeremy to Brighton. I would like to know your opinions on both. Potter to Chelsea, I think, is a shame. But I see Potter can't turn that down. He simply can't because, I mean, just you were texting me about it the other day, right? Like, it's a fairy tale story. I mean, it's like this is a non footballing man, right? Like, he's not, that sounds strange, but you, you know what I mean? He didn't, I don't think he really played at a very high level. He isn't from like a footballing family. He didn't take a conventional route. That's what I'm trying to say. You know, he has these, all these different types of degrees and like human psychology. And he managed in Scandinavia or these random teams and all this stuff. So I think like that career trajectory is something to behold. I just don't see how this, this is going to work out for him at all, which I suppose maybe he doesn't care because he knows that he'll get a ton of money from this. He'll be able to manage in the Champions League. He'll be able to manage these superstars, test his metal against that. And then, like, even if he gets sacked, he, like, he will get another job because everyone knows that he's a really, really good manager. Um, I think it's also a shame for Brighton um, because I think, you know, they're, what are they up in fourth right now? Like, they could have really done something quite special this season, I think. Uh, maybe they still can. Maybe they still can, but I think that it's undeniable that Potter is a big part of that success. Um, as for the Cherby, very interesting. Clearly an incredibly talented coach. Um, tactically innovative. Um, and, you know, at Sassuolo, he, he made that Sassuolo team do amazing things on a shoestring budget. And we know that Brighton is a smart club. And they don't recruit managers with for no reason. And so I'm sure that he will be a success if he's going to be as much of a success as Potter is another question. Um, Potter is an incredibly confident man, I think. Uh, I think that's something that people don't talk about enough. I think it, it, we, we saw it in his response to Brighton fans last season where he kind of clapped back at them. I don't think Brighton fans, despite the fact that he's delivered them their greatest successes in, I don't know, maybe in the modern era, I think. Um, I don't think they were in love with him or anything like that. I think they had quite a cool relationship with him, which is funny because Brighton fans are like notoriously nice. Um, very confident man. I'm very curious to see how this plays out. Uh, um, but I guess good luck to him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'll start with Graham Potter. Mm. Um, yeah. First, I think the highest he ever played was Northampton Town. Um, and they currently play in League Two. I don't know where they were when he was playing for them. Um, 
but just his career tra trajectory, which I uh, texted you. Uh, Hull University, Leeds Metropolitan University, the Ghana's wi Ghana Women's National Team. That's crazy. I didn't know that. Yeah. The Swedish fourth tier. He then got three consecutive promotions to yeah, get Osterunds to uh, the top uh, league in Sweden. Uh, and then he went Swansea, Brighton, Chelsea. Um, so a very rapid ascent that he has had. Um, so, yeah, you know, I think it's kind of fitting that he ended up at Chelsea. It's kind of what you'd expect for a play, or a manager who was on the trajectory he was um, and who's sort of been successful every single place he's gone. Um, and he's not mm. super young, but you would describe him as like a young coach, um, even though he's been coaching forever. But um, young in terms of top level coaching. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, I think at worst he's exciting and you know has a long history of success, and um, he'll certainly have tons of money to spend at Chelsea. So. He'll be able to do quite a bit. It's just, will he be given until the end of the season? Which, for most owners, you would say yes. But the way Todd Bailey has been running things, you <laughs> never really know. Um, so yeah, I'm sure he'll be relatively successful. Um, but I don't expect Chelsea to win the league or anything. And then mm. for DeCherby, uh the only thing you can say is look at Sassuolo before he joined and after he joined um, and the absolute shit shows that they were um, versus when he was their manager and they finished uh, just outside of the European spaces. So uh, I think outside of Sassuolo, I don't, re I remember him being at Palermo uh, and it being horrible. Um, I think he got Palermo relegated. Um, but then uh, after Sassuolo, he went to Shakhtar Donetsk, which is yes. hard to gauge how good of a coach he is in a league like that where Shakhtar, you know, have the budget of every other team combined. Um, mm. So, um, you know, like Dynamo Kiev is good, but they're no Shakhtar Donetsk, so... Um, you know, he's essentially had a year off in terms of competitive. Yeah. I, I mean, don't want to like discount the Ukrainian Premier League. No, I, and I think like that's fine. I think that Shakhtar's performances in Europe are more of an indication of like how good his coaching is, and their performances in Europe have been strong. Um, yeah. So um, yeah. yeah, did they beat Real Madrid under DeCherby, or was they, that the year before DeCherby took over? That might have been the year before. I'm not sure, but I know that they put up good performances in the in the Champions League last season. So um, before can, you know everything happened. Yeah, I don't think he was extreme. I yeah, I don't think he beat Real Madrid, but I, I can't be certain. But yeah, I trust Brighton's ability uh, to 
recruit, although a lot of their front office that has been recruiting for them for the last five years mm-hmm. has left. Um, yes, that's they true. They absolutely got their front offices completely raided, um, e- including like positional coaches, uh, administrative staff. Um, you know, they're all leaving to Liverpool's, Chelsea's, uh, Newcastle's, which, you know, is a step below, but still. Um, a lot of people in the offices of Brighton have left. So I think there's a little bit more of a question mark than if this appointment had been made a year ago. Yeah. Um, I would trust the appointment. Um, but, you know, DeCherby looks like an Italian Guido that you would find in New Jersey. Um, yeah, he has a uh, goatee. Yeah. Bad look. Um, kind of a bad but, look, uh, yeah. You know, it's always the funny-looking managers that get the most out of their teams. So, um, good luck, I guess. You know, if it's not going to be Newcastle that breaks up the top six, I, I, you know, I'm fine with it being Brighton, even though they always freaking beat us. Um, mm. I'll be okay with it. Yeah. Um, what else to talk about, Oscar? I don't know, um, man. Liverpool? I mean, yeah, Liverpool. Liverpool is stum- stuttering a- somewhat. I actually, there's a great stat where it's like when Thiago's not playing, they just are terrible. And when he is playing, they're great. Um, so let's just, just put that out there. Um, Brent is getting a lot of criticisms, not, not doing himself any favors for the World Cup, in my opinion. Um, although, you know, we know what kind of fullback he is. It's kind of unfair to expect him to be anything other than what he is. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, is there alarm bells? I think I feel like this break has come at a good time for them because they need to redefine themselves a bit. Um, but it is slightly concerning, I suppose. Um, but, you know, once again, seven games in, uh, we're still going to be saying this for another month. It doesn't really, it counts, but it doesn't count at the same time. Uh, you know, I remember, was it even last season where City were sort of in this predicament where we were saying, oh, is it Pep's time to sort of start thinking about wrapping us up? And so we'll see. But yeah, down down in eighth, nine points from, from six. It's not fantastic. Yeah, um, I know better than to uh, kick Liverpool while they're down. Yeah. They... You know, I've made enough hot takes on this podcast. I don't need to record anymore for the time being. Um, yeah, I just think overall, there's enough quality in Liverpool squad that they'll force a turnaround somehow. Um, mm. You know, even though, yeah, I, I think their midfield is a weakness and so does every other pundit who exists. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, they'll still be fine they're liverpool um they uh yeah i whatever you know i cool. i hope they continue to stumble but i just know that you know they aren't going to continue no big side as much as i love when they struggle you know even finish below eighth you know we relentlessly mocked Man U for their terrible season and then they finished and they're up still eight. above um, and yeah now they're fifth yeah. and yeah 
these things no, nothing we say is ever really important uh, no exactly we know nothing about football so. but um yeah there is a little bit of a break um, yes before we have any football remaining um which i think we'll do pretty much every side except arsenal and i guess man city as well um good i think mm. You know, kind of everyone is really struggling. Needs like something, injury. yeah. Actually, yeah. even Arsenal, they're having their injuries. Yes, they, they did. Well, they played uh, Winery, right? The 15-year-old. Well, let's talk briefly about that because do you have... I don't think that should be allowed. Um, I agree. I think it's weird that... Yeah, it's super weird to be, me. Because of the injury crisis, you can play players who are less, but you have players in your reserves and your yeah. 23s that are older than 16 like it doesn't make any sense that the exception to the rule means the rule goes away when there's not a side that exists that doesn't have non-16 year olds exactly exactly and i think like what good does this do this child like what good does it do him no good at all no good at all it's not needed it's strange i guess to be fair in terms of what good does it do him? He got a couple of minutes. He didn't seem too nervous. He no, he didn't. Won two tackles and didn't put a foot wrong. So yeah, it but, didn't do him any bad, but it could have. No, but I think it it does do maybe not do him bad right now. But what's the point? Like now, if it all this attention on him for what reason? Like okay, now, if he, now if he doesn't make it, he's a failure somehow. This like what? Why? Like just I don't understand. Like wait, just wait eighteen months, then he'll be like seventeen ish, and that's even that is way better than you know. And you can see like sides like Dortmund have dealt with it fine with Mukoku and Bellingham, and sides like Barca have dealt with it okay with Pedri and and that kind of stuff. Maybe less so Barca, but. There are ways to play really, really young players. 15 just feels wrong, and it feels unnecessary, yeah, like you said. Yeah, I agree. It feels unnecessary, especially because he's not one of their hottest prospects. Um, it, you know, it feels like they... Exactly, yeah. Arteta played him so that he could say he's fielded the youngest player. Yeah, and that, um, that's weird, like... Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, there, I mean, there's tons of players in the uh, squad that the Arsenal U23s that could have played and will go on to have good Premier League uh, careers. So it's weird not to give one of them a chance. Um, yeah, yeah. I am not, I guess, I don't like the that he played him. I, I support the... You need to be at least 16. Honestly, it should be even a little higher. There's no reason to play a 16-year-old in a league as physical as the Premier League. Um, I think all the rules surrounding the Premier League and ages have done well to promote youth uh, focus in the Premier League. Um, I think it's done poorly in the lower divisions. Um, but I think for the Premier League, which obviously they're going to do what benefits them most, I think that um, 
it's worked well. And I just, yeah, it's a gross kind of image um, and kind of makes you question why they played him. Um, but I guess it's happened and he didn't do poorly. So, yeah, yeah, we'll probably never hear his name again. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And he'll show up. Yeah. In a article in 10 years saying he was the youngest ever. Where is he now? Um, and yeah, and he'll have carved out a 10 year successful career in league one. And yeah. People which is like him a failure. Yeah. Which is like, um, a, like an amazing achievement. And yet like he'll be a failure because, because of this, but you know, hopefully he'll be okay. Just yeah. ignore it. You know, somehow. Um, so we do not have any matches this next weekend, which is very sad. Um, True. But that means instead of talking about what we're looking forward to, I can ask you a couple of questions. Aha, uh-huh. um, interesting. None, none great ones, but... Um, no, don't do yourself. Just uh, first, who has had the more impressive season so far? Mm. Brighton or Fulham? Oh, that's a great question. Um, impressive, I, I suppose you have to go Brighton. Because they're up and forth and playing sensational football. They just look but, really great. But, you know, more surprising, more impressive. I don't know. Wait, was that what you asked me? No, yeah, that's what you yes, asked me. Yes, I asked you impressive. No, more... You know what I mean. More... Admirable, maybe? I don't know. I, I would think say it's, it's a, have had a more impressive, impressive? season. Yeah. Because they were promoted, they yeah but, yeah, but Brighton have like looked like one of the best teams in the league. Yeah, uh, yeah. No, I think like I think it is a great question. League. It's it's like they're both they both been really really good. Yes, Brighton have looked like one of the best teams in the league, only to be only two points ahead of Fulham. Um, which I'm saying as a credit to Fulham. Not as a mm. slight to Brighton. Um, yeah, I just think the who Fulham have been, um, you know, the last time they were in the Premier League, they were, you know, quite atrocious. Um, and the fact that Mitro has mm. been very good and, um, you know, they're winning games and looking good. You know, shout out Fulham. I hate them, but, you know, good. I'm always happy for a non side to take up one of the top six places me too um me too my uh next question for you is who is underperforming more aston villa or wolves you cut out in the middle of that question could you repeat it yes who is underperforming more aston villa or oh. wolves underperforming villa they've invested more they have a better squad. They're underperforming more than Wolves. Yeah, I think... Wolves, Wolves don't have that good of, of a squad. But in terms of uh, money amount invested, I think they're actually pretty close to each other. Seriously? Um, wow. Yeah, I guess, yeah, I guess they did Wolves buy a those, couple of those Portuguese players that was super expensive. Yeah, tons of players for like $45 million. Um, But they just try and buy Portugal... like. 
I wouldn't. I would still say you could say it's not underperforming because they buy like forty million pound Portuguese players who are like good but not that amazing, and then they're still not as good as some of the players that Villa bought. Like, yeah, you know? I guess Villa spent over two hundred million. So um, I guess they are like the Bubaka Kamara is like one of was one of Europe's like most talented young midfielders, and he. Well, I guess he's been injured, but. You know, yeah. I don't know. Um, and then my final question for you: Now that we have a decent sample size, it's quite small, but still decent. Um, mm. Who do you think will get relegated at the end of the year? I want it on recording. Uh, another chance for you. Um, another chance so already. My Leicester City. Yeah. Oh, Leicester! Are, Leicester are not getting relegated, and there's no way. I just want these um, takes recorded. Leicester are not getting relegated. Forest, I think, down. Uh, Bournemouth, down. Who's going to replace Fulham? Because Fulham look just Fulham look like they really shouldn't go down. Um, I don't know the uh, because uh, makes it hard. Um, uh, you know what? I don't know. Uh, because I don't want to say us, because it's not going to be us. Wolves might be in a bit of trouble. Um, I don't know, man. Maybe Leicester will go down. No, Very some team has got a tank. Some team has got a tank. And it will be... Southampton just never go down. Oh, I don't know, Blake. I don't know. Now I'm panicked. Maybe it will just be Fulham. Wow. Wouldn't put it past them. I mean, I don't I, think it yeah, will be. Okay, I agree. Forest. I, I agree. Sorry, I know I'm taking forever on this. Forest, Bournemouth are nailed, I think, on nailed on, even though Bournemouth have eight points. Just not big enough squad. Then the, the third one, I don't know. It's always like that, isn't it? I don't know who's going to go down. Yeah, um, I agree. Forest, um, I think they'll go down. Bournemouth, sure. Yeah, I, I yeah, don't no, Bournemouth, think Bournemouth aren't good enough. They're not good enough. They won't they've had a they've had a new America. manager bounce, and they just their squad isn't big enough. They're just not. It's not. It's not really their fault. Um, but yeah, my third team. I'm tempted to say Southampton just because they're so uninspiring. Um, but yeah. yeah, and you know Southampton never go down. But you know they. That's what they say about every side that True. if you're not improving in the Premier League, you know you're going to go you down doing? eventually. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I could see it being Wolves, though. Um, they've got a lot of talent, but you know, you you never That'll know. Be but I will say, bad. I'll stick by my Leicester City getting yeah. relegated as my third team. I love that for you. I do love that for you. Yeah. What, what happens to bad, Jamie Vardy if that happens? I guess he just keeps playing if he wants to, right? Or retires. I mean, I think. I think he would return to the Premier League next season with some other team. You, I feel like, really? Uh, yeah, I don't think so. Sure. He's full of ambition. He probably feels He's like 35. He, yeah, but he got his Premier League break late in his career. He's going to want to, you know, try to prove yeah, to himself that he maybe. can still do it. He's a super fiery competitor kind of guy that hasn't scored you know, yet this season. Yeah, but you know, all 
you know, Lester only have six goals. So yeah. um, I think two of sure. them are penalties. So, hmm. um, yeah. Oscar, do you have anything else um, for this? I don't, call? you know. I think we've done a decent job of uh, chatting, stretching that yeah. out. <laughs> yeah, decent job not talking too much when there's not too much to talk about. Right. Um, which is often our folly. But um, yeah. 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 This has been episode four mm. of season three. Uh, it will be, unfortunately, a long time until we can talk about more football. That's um, true. However, hopefully, for all the sides around there, that the players recover, rest up, and we have some good yes. football to talk about in a fortnight. Agreed. Until Agreed. then, please tweet us, follow us, email us, rate us. Um, Do it all. Whatever you would like. Um, and until then, take care. Bye. I'm standing. <laughs>